0: Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Friday, March 8th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today, U.S. President Donald Trump's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, is sentenced to nearly four years in prison. Airbus all but rules out paying back millions in outstanding loans for development of the A380 super jumbo. Facebook's pivots to privacy, raises questions about its business model, and a new report shows the gender wealth gap could take two centuries to close. Then the FT's Richard Waters explains how the business software apps many of us use every day are helping tech stocks make a comeback. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Late on Thursday, US President Donald Trump's former campaign manager, Paul Manafort, was sentenced to 47 months, or nearly four years, in prison. The sentence was far more lenient than prosecutors had recommended. He was convicted of tax and bank fraud last year after a three-week trial. The charges relate to income Manafort made from political consulting work in Ukraine. And the sentence is the result of a case brought by Robert Mueller, the special counsel investigating links between the 2016 Trump campaign and Russia. But Manafort's charges were not connected to Russian interference in the presidential campaign. The guideline range for sentencing was 19 to 24 years. But the judge overseeing the trial said those guidelines were excessive and that Manafort had, quote, lived an otherwise blameless life. Manafort addressed the court on Thursday, saying his life was in shambles and that the last two years had been the most difficult years for him and his family. Next week, Manafort will be sentenced in a separate case where he pleaded guilty to conspiracy charges related to money laundering, foreign lobbying violations and witness tampering. The sentence for those charges ranges to a maximum of 10 years. Airbus has all but ruled out paying back hundreds of millions of euros in outstanding loans for development of the A380 Superjumbo. Airbus decided to stop its production by 2021 after failing to win further orders. In an interview with the Financial Times, departing chief executive Tom Enders said governments had signed up to back the program as part of a risk partnership. The company secured millions of euros in so-called repayable launch investment for the superjumbo from Germany, Britain, France, and Spain. Money is repaid on every aircraft sale alongside royalties. But according to Mr. Enders, these loans are based on the promise by these governments that if the plane is not successful, they put money at risk. Airbus is believed to have paid back a substantial chunk, but the precise amounts outstanding haven't been disclosed. Mr. Enders said Airbus was happy to discuss the issue with relevant governments, but he insisted that the program had done a lot of good for taxpayers around Europe. The chief executive has been one of the most outspoken business leaders on the dangers of Britain leaving the EU without a deal. He'll leave the group next month after six years at the helm and more than 19 years in top management. You can read the full interview with Tom Enders at FT.com. Mark Zuckerberg outlined his vision for the future of Facebook on Wednesday. He detailed how the world's largest social network would build products focused on privacy and control for its users. The company hopes to integrate the messaging services of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp into one encrypted system. That means users would be able to communicate across the three platforms seamlessly, and third parties couldn't view their messages, including Facebook. This would be a radical shift for the social network and its business model. Over 90% of Facebook's revenue last quarter came from advertising on Facebook and Instagram. Mr. Zuckerberg insisted that experiments with unifying its apps won't materially affect the advertising strategy. That strategy remains core to Facebook's growth. Other analysts argued that the move is part of a shrewd strategy to explore new revenue streams and resist regulatory scrutiny. Facebook is also exploring ways to allow for shopping on Instagram, and it's developing its own cryptocurrency to allow for payments on WhatsApp. Today is International Women's Day, and according to a report by Bank of America Merrill Lynch, it could take another two centuries to close the gender financial wealth gap. The report, called the She Economy Report, said improving women's equality in the workplace could increase global growth over the next six years by a third, or $28 trillion. The global gender pay gap could also take decades or centuries in some countries to close, based on its current rate. One factor is the motherhood penalty, when the earning power between women and men returning to work after having a child gets wider. While the percentage of working women with higher education in the U.S. has increased, women are still receiving less pay than their male counterparts. And here's a closer look at one of today's big stories. Some of the tech companies that were hit the worst in last autumn's stock market retreat have bounced back to new highs in the past few weeks. And a big reason for that is investors betting on a group of business software applications. These apps are becoming increasingly essential office tools, and you might be familiar with some apps, including ServiceNow, Salesforce, Slack. The FT's West Coast editor Richard Waters explains the trajectory of these companies, starting with the tech stock slump last year.
1: So I think you have to look at tech stocks against the, the background of the wider market and what's happened in the last six to nine months. Some of the the hottest growth stocks, the ones with the biggest growth potential in the tech industry, really got to very high levels last September. But then the whole market went south in the the last part of the year. You know, people were worrying that uh, the US economy was going to run out of steam, that interest rates were climbing, that you know there was a general crunch coming. And at a time like that, it's always the high growth riskier parts of the stock market that get hit the worst. But some of these stocks came down 30 40%. I mean, they got hit really hard. The remarkable thing this year is that they've bounced straight back and some of them to even greater levels. I think investors are feeling a little more confident about the economy and they're just hungry for anything that has huge growth potential. And, you know, these are the companies.
0: So we're talking specifically about companies that have created apps for business. What do they do and why are investors betting on them now?
1: So we all know, you know, those of us that work in any information job in offices, we all know that there are more and more online applications, cloud applications that are coming into our life, whether it's Slack to communicate or, you know, Asana to organize lists and projects, or service now if we have requests we want to send to the IT department and... Obviously, things like Salesforce have been around a long time. If you're in, uh, you know, if you're in sales, that's a big part of your life. And so, these applications are just automating and streamlining more and more aspects of our work. Now, I think the reason the stock market is so interested in these are kind of twofold. One is just that the scale of the markets are potentially vast. Unlike, you know, all the free apps we use on our iPhones, all our consumer apps, these ones actually, you know, they pay subscriptions. And if you're selling what may even seem like quite a narrowly focused app, To say, let's say um, you're Atlassian and your app is used by software developers to, you know, to plan their work. Actually, there are an awful lot of software developers in the world, and if you can reach them all, which you can over the internet, you know, you potentially got a vast market of people paying you monthly subscriptions. So I think that's one reason the market is so excited about these things. They're just, you know, they're opening up a whole new, very big industry. The other interesting thing right now is which of these companies are going to become the real the winners, the, the dominant platforms if you like inside companies that where we spend most of our time because those ones could be like the fangs in our personal life, the Facebooks and Googles, the ones we use in the office the most, they could turn out to be really valuable things.
0: That sounds pretty good, but what are some of the risks with these companies?
1: So like a lot of great stocks, these valuations are very much dependent on a long term view of the potential for these companies. So in the tech industry, there's a favorite uh, phrase called total addressable market. You know, this is the thing that every startup likes to conjure this idea that out there, there's a $100 billion market just waiting for their product or a 500 billion dollar market and the bigger your TAM as it's called you know the bigger your potential these little companies and they are still quite little are conjuring up very large TAMs because they're saying look you know as one company said to me as one CEO said to me look there are 600 million knowledge workers on LinkedIn you know that's not a bad proxy for how many workers around the world who are going to use all these services and if you think about how much they're going to pay that's an awful lot of money but then you end up with a company like say service now which has a couple of billion dollars in revenue but has a 40 billion dollar market cap now because the expectation or the hope is that you know the ceo there says well look there's a 500 billion dollar TAM for us one day if we if we execute right so i think you know there's an awful lot of future hope built into these things but if they're you know the ones that are embedded and doing well they might well have a long future
0: You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today we'll be watching for the February U.S. Jobs Report. Economists are predicting the U.S. economy to have created 180,000 jobs last month. That's down from the 304,000 added in January. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back on Monday for all the latest business news. The FT News Briefing is produced by Fiona Simon, Amy Keene, and me, Eric Krupke. Our editor is Amelia Mahasik. Robert Shrimsley is editorial director for the Financial Times. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary. Not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources